Today, it's Slow Down and Listen on Bridges. I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm glad that you could join us. And so we're going to talk really about three truths that can transform our relationships. And we're going to look today in the book of James. And uh, for any of you that have spent any amount of time in the book of James, you know that James, James just says it really plain. He's pretty blunt. He just kind of puts it out there. Uh, when you look at some of the topics in that particular book, a lot about the words that we say about our faith, all of those kinds of things. And James just really leaves nothing on the table. Now, James is the brother of Jesus, and he wrote this chapter. And interestingly enough to note that there, there was a time as Jesus was growing up and so forth, it's noted in scripture that his siblings mocked Jesus and said things like, well, you know, if you're really uh, need to go out there and be famous, go out there and do that now. So we know James encountered Jesus in resurrected form, and that's when he started to believe. And so he gave us uh, this wonderful book of James uh, that just makes it so clear. I, I love it when people are just clear. So it's slow down and listen. And we're going to start in James chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 19 through 21 out of the New Living Translation. It says, Un understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. So there's a lot there just in those few passages of scripture. Uh, the, it tells us, you know, that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And for most of us, we're basically quick to speak, slow to listen, and get angry real quick, right? That's human nature. So James addresses this tendency in our human nature, and he points out that human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And you know, and I know that human anger does not help our relationships at all. And so what he's saying to us in these passages of scripture is that the way, one of the ways that we can stop getting over to human anger is instead of talking all the time and talking first to be quick to listen and to be slow to speak and slow to, to get angry. So being quick to listen clearly for most of us doesn't come naturally. That is a skill that comes supernaturally with one of the fruits of the spirit, self-control. It's growing in the character and the nature of Christ. It's changing the way that we think because most of us, right, we listen to reply. So I'm going to listen to you. And, and while I'm listening to you, I'm going to figure out what needs to be said next. And sometimes we can miss what the person really intends. And we can go from conversation to anger in seconds flat. So in being quick to listen, we have to change the way we think. We have to decide in any conversation to be fully present. And this is an issue for most of us, right? Because with cell phones, 
with people expecting instant answers, with the idea that if we're really busy, we're more important and that multitasking is the way to be. So with multitasking, we may be listening to the person talking to us, also sending a text on our phone, and then thinking, well, gosh, I, I need to check my email too. So we've got all of these things going on in our current culture, all of these expectations that others have of us and the expectations that we put on ourselves as well. So we've got to change how we think about relationships, change how we think about conversations. We have to choose to be fully present, which that can be a lesson in and of itself. You just watch, go to a coffee shop, Somebody's talking to somebody. The minute somebody gets up to get another water or go to the bathroom, out with the cell phone. Like we cannot stand for one minute to be by ourselves, to think, to have quiet time. No, we always have to have something going. One of the things that might be helpful, it's helped me a lot, and I'm still in process with this as well. I have not arrived by any means, is to think about what's at stake. If it's an important conversation... It could be a job that's at stake. It could be a relationship that's at stake. It could be really discerning the will of God, like in a conversation with our spouse, or husband or wife. And we just think, well, I just don't want to do that. So I'm just going to tell you that I don't want to do that. And I'm going to get real loud. And you might want to think about what's at stake. Because sometimes other people, even people we're not that fond of, have a lot to offer in terms of wisdom and information and all of that. So truth number one for today is listening is a skill and it's a skill that prefers others and reduces our pride. And I say reduces our pride because... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. When we want to get the first word, the last word, we want to make sure that people know what we have to say. That can be prideful. The Bible teaches us to prefer other people over ourselves. And some people take that the wrong way to say that, you know, we just live as martyrs and we can't ever do anything in the way that we want and we just do whatever ever anybody else wants. That's not at all biblical. What the Bible is saying is that we're not to be self-centered in a selfish way. Selfishness is a problem. Knowing who we are in our limits and our boundaries is healthy. So we are to be quick to listen and understand that listening is a skill that prefers other, others and it reduces our pride. And for me, 
thinking about what's at stake is really helpful because I don't want to lose relationships. I don't want to come off the wrong way. So I'll tell myself, okay, this is important. So I just need to be quick to listen. Now, in the Bible, there are not many references that tell us to be quick at anything. In fact, if you look at all the miracles Jesus did and all the places that he walked, he was never in a hurry, right? Because you look at some of the stories and it'll say that someone came to him and said, someone over here needs help. And instead of going over there, he stays in this place for two, three more days. There's one encounter in the Bible where it says the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, look, everybody's looking for you. Where have you been? And he really doesn't even answer that. It's just like, he's doing what he does. He's never in a hurry. He's fully present in every conversation. And if you look at his example and even what some of the top communicators in our days say that one of the ways that you can hone in on your listening skills is that rather than being eager to say what's on your mind and to talk, it can be helpful to paraphrase what the person is saying. So is, that, is this right? Is this what you're saying? Asking open-ended questions. Maybe the person is not very articulate and they're not getting to the point very quick. And maybe you can help with asking open-ended questions just to make sure that you're both talking about the same thing and just to make sure that you really understand them. And that's important in relationships. We're not always going to agree, but sometimes it's helpful if we can just understand where another person is coming from. Listening is a skill. I do think it requires prayer on our part. You know, God help me listen. I also think if we sit down in a conversation, especially if we know that it has the potential to be heated or it has the potential maybe where we might be nervous, all of those things to acknowledge those things in prayer and to ask for God's help and to just decide to make a commitment that before I run off at the mouth, I am just going to slow down and listen. I'm going to be quick to listen. I have a family member when I was a teenager and she was a teenager too. She used to talk all the time. Now, I used to talk all the time too. Sometimes I still do. It's a thing working on that. But my family member, Carol, used to say to everybody, God gave me my mouth and I intend to use it. Well, she was half right. God did give her her mouth. <laughs> but we should not be intending to use our mouth for our glory or to put other people down or to talk incessantly where nobody else can get a word in. That wasn't the intention of our mouth. The gift of words, the gift of communication is to build up, to encourage, to clarify, to provide direction. It is not to put down, to malign, to slander, to gossip, to be petty. That is not why we have mouths. And one of the ways we can stop this from engaging first on is to be quick to listen. So make that commitment. Before I say anything, I want to listen. I want to make sure that I get all of the facts and I understand all of the things that I need. I don't even think I can count how many leadership mistakes that I've made because I didn't listen carefully. I got one story from one person and I acted on that. And after I started talking to all the other people, it's like, well, 
that wasn't exactly what happened. That wasn't exactly right. There were things before it and after it. There's context that I didn't get because I wasn't quick to listen. I took one thing and just moved right on. And probably for all of us, that's happened in some way, whether that's at church, business, school, personal relationship, all the things we are told by James, be quick to listen. Develop that listening skill. And there are so many times that we can actually learn so much. We can glean so much from people. We can get wisdom. We can get ideas. We can get understanding. We can say, well, gosh, even if I don't agree, I can have compassion. I can have empathy from where you're coming from. You know, I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do, but I hear you. I understand. You are one of the nicest compliments and one of the highest forms of respect that we can give is to listen. People need to be heard. And it's one of the things, especially in our present culture, that we just so need. Everybody is talking. Communication is just really fast. It's all this stuff coming at us. And we can just have the thought, you know, did anybody even hear me? Did, did anybody hear what I was saying? And I think even in terms of sharing Christ with people, it's really important to hear from people first. Hear, listen to their story before you take them down the Romans road and start quoting scriptures. And listen, scriptures, they're alive. The word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder the soul and the spirit. But understand with that, when the word of God is used to belittle people, it can just chop people up and make them feel like nothing. That's why it's best to be quick to listen before we share all of our wonderful knowledge and all of the scriptures. Listen to the person's story, to what they've been through, to what they're currently experiencing. And again, even if you don't agree, and even if it's totally sinful and bad choices and things that they could have and should have done better, it can be so helpful to just say, I hear you. You've been through a lot. That can mitigate all kinds of future damage and mitigate even getting to the point of anger. So the next thing that James addresses is to be slow to speak. Well, we know that that's a skill too, right? Because most of the time we're talking over people. People are interrupting. The person doesn't even get their thought out and somebody's like, <gasps> so that happens a lot. But being slow to speak is all about making sure you really understand what's being said. And we can all, by an act of our free will, make a decision not to interrupt. Don't say anything until the other person is done talking. It's a better conversation that way. Again, you may not always agree with what you're listening to, what the other person is saying, but you can be slow to speak by making sure you understand what's really being said. You can ask questions. You can make a decision not to interrupt. Truth number two for today is think before you speak. And I'm just saying, looking at my own face in the mirror, 
There are so many times if I would have just thought it out before I said anything, I would have been so much farther ahead and so would the other person. But no, I didn't think before I said anything. I just said whatever I was thinking at the moment. And you all, even if what is said in the moment is true, Sometimes it's not helpful. Sometimes it doesn't move anything forward. Think before you speak. And I'm learning that lesson too. I want us to go for just a moment to James 3. And I want to read verse, uh, chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 17 and 18 out of the New Living Translation. Because this is wisdom that will help us really be slow to speak and help us think before we speak. And it says there, but the wisdom from above is first pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So I call this in conversation, my wisdom test. And you know, and I know that sometimes we have the space and time to really think about what's being said. And so you say, but it's true. Well, it might be true, but it's not helpful. But if you take it through the wisdom test, ask yourself, is what I want to say to this person, is it pure? Or do I have other motives? Well, what other motives could there be? Might be you want to get back at them because they've done something wrong. Might be that you want to gloat because they were wrong and you're talking to them about this now. So is it pure? Is it pure? Are there other motives or are there not? Are you just there in the conversation because you want to move things forward and because you genuinely care about the other person and you want what's best for them. Because if what we're saying is not pure, we can quickly get down to that human anger that James has been talking about. Second, is what I have to say peace-loving? Now, peace-loving is different than keeping the peace at all costs. Peace-loving means I am not looking to purposefully irritate you or inflame the situation. I am not taking a situation that is already on fire and pouring gas on it. Is it peace-loving? Is there a way to work through this, say the truth in love, but not make it any worse than it already is? The third thing that scripture says is, is it gentle at all times? We are really not to be harsh with people. Yes, there are sometimes we have to raise our voice. There are sometimes that a person has just done and done and done, and we have to really be firm, but firm is different than harsh. So you need to ask yourself, is it gentle at all times? Look at all that Jesus faced. He faced more hard situations than you and I will ever think about. And yet he was strong. He was truthful. Look at even with the Pharisees, he said some things that really probably ticked them off, but he was gentle at all times. Is what I have to say, is is the wisdom that I'm sharing, is it willing to yield to others? Like, will we give the other person an opportunity to talk? Will we give the other persons or people 
an opportunity to interject what they're thinking, maybe even consider what they're saying and how that might work better. The fifth thing is, is it full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds? Mercy triumphs over judgment every single time. And the Bible says, if we want mercy, we have to be merciful. So the other person may be wrong. Your employer may have done something that's just really bad. And it it may be right for you to address that. But are you merciful? Like, this is what happened. This is how I felt about it. I appreciate if it didn't happen again. And not holding it against them for 10 more years and talking about it 10 years later, like it just happened that day. Are we merciful? Is it the fruit of good deeds? Does it show favoritism? Would we say those same words to anybody or just to this person that we're not sure we like at the present moment? Seven, is it sincere? Sincerity is a gift that we can give to people. The Bible says not to feign affection, but to genuinely love. And being sincere doesn't keep us from sharing the truth. We can share the truth in love. We can be sincere that in our hearts, sincerely, we want to help ourselves and help the other person clarify or learn more about each other, all of those things. So when James is talking about being quick to listen and slow to speak, one of the things that he's trying to help us with is don't get over into the human anger portion. And if you'll be quick to listen and slow to speak, much less likely to get over to human anger. The next thing that he shares is that slow to get angry part. Now, some of us are better at this than others. I'm slower to get angry than I used to be. I used to have like a great big problem with anger and rage and I just had to have the first word and the last word, every word in between and I was harsh and I raised my voice and I did all those things even after knowing Christ as my savior. And it took for me almost losing a relationship that I cared about for me to understand that just because I was thinking it and feeling it did not mean that I had a right to say it or to say it in an explosive way. The Bible says in James 1.20, and I'll read out of the New Living Translation, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. So some people will say, well, I'm righteously angry. I'm righteously indignant. I don't really think that's what this is talking about at all. The anger that Jesus displayed, and that's the story that we go to, is the turning over of the money money changer tables. And certainly he was angry because it says he turned over those tables and he went after those people. Understand, he was eliminating a problem, these money changers who were keeping people, poorer people, from getting in to be able to worship. And he said, my father's house is a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. So he had that anger to correct a situation 
to restore it back to God's ideal will. And most of the time when we say we're righteously indignant, it is not about restoring what got God's will to a situation. It's most of the time about making ourselves right and others wrong. Truth number three for today is one moment of human anger can create a lifetime of sorrows. That's why it's good to be slow to get angry. If you know that you're going to be talking with someone that's just going to push all your buttons, a personality that you don't like, not that that would ever happen, but if that's going to happen, think about like it helps me to write down, okay, so what do I want to come out of this conversation? What is the goal? Is it to understand more? Is it to move it forward? Is it to bring something to this person's attention that I want them to do something about or that I want them to correct? What is that? And then if I write it down and I have that idea, then I'm far less tempted to go here, there, and everywhere, especially if this other person is hard to get along with and if they don't have fair conversation. So human anger is destructive. Righteous anger is constructive. Righteous anger removes obstacles. It removes conflict. It doesn't go against the other person. It's not out to destroy the person, but to remove the obstacle out of the way. If you think about it in those terms, it might be helpful in understanding the difference between God's anger and human anger. Human anger is coming at another person to make them less than, to point out their faults, to do all of that, and nothing good comes from that. The Bible says, in your anger, don't, don't sin. So we know that there is an anger that isn't sinful. We also know that it says, don't let, um, I'm trying to think of the scripture now. Okay, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? Because if you do, the anger will build and build and build and build, and the devil will get a foothold in your life. That when, when we're born again, the devil has no access to us. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He can only get in where we let him in. So if we have a lot of anger and a lot of unforgiveness, we may not want the devil to come in, but that is a stronghold where he can come in and where he can torment us and where he can devour and ruin our relationships. So be slow to get angry. Think about what you want to say before you say it. And you know, sometimes if you're just dealing with really a hugely difficult person, you may not want to say anything. Sometimes you can just pass on that. Everything doesn't require an answer. So be wise and be smart. Put your words through the wisdom test. And remember that one moment of human anger, it can create a lifetime of sorrows. So today's truth that I want to share with you today is to slow down and listen. Because one moment of human anger can create a lifetime of sorrows. If you'd like to get the notes from today, you can get them on our online extras on the website. It's monicaschmelter.com. You don't have to sign up for anything. Those are just there for you to download so that you can study these points, study these scriptures, and so that we can all move to a place 
that is much healthier for everybody because we've taken the time to slow down and listen. I'm out of time. I say goodbye and God bless you. Hey there, it's Carly Mercool, your host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.